you started recording at uh, 1 minute 20 seconds for me um what was I saying uh, I said are you settling in okay and you were responding yeah it's uh it's it's going really well we we like living here the only the only uh hang up we have about living here is that it's 45 minutes away from our church and we do just like to be closer yeah but you can look for a place that's closer right when you look for your own place yep that's the plan and who knows that might be sooner than later because the entire economy tanked yeah low interest rates (laughs) exactly hooray i hear they'll pay me to buy a house (laughs) soon they um our economies basically followed suit, which, you know, we follow suit with nearly everything America does, just usually a year or two after. You guys um, have your own economy? a bit more on track. Yeah, we have a stock exchange that's separate to yours, <laughs> stuff like that, and a different monetary system. Um, yeah, I don't know. Crazy times. Interest rates here are like 0.25% or something. So, it's something wow. ridiculous, or half a percent or something. It's really low. Um. Which is great for people like me who are paying off mortgages, but mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of um, a crazy state of affairs for capitalism. It's true. And, or socialism, and, depending on where you live. <clears throat> well, my wife went to the supermarket last night because, you know, uh, I was at work yesterday. You, we were supposed to have an event at work. It was going to be a large event. And then the... Australian government put out a thing saying um, any non-essential events over 500 people should be cancelled from Monday. Mm. Um, so we made the difficult decision not to have the event, even though it wasn't Monday, mm-hmm. um, and, but just out of safety. Uh, and so I said to my wife when I got home, I said, we should probably just get a few things just in case shops start closing and stuff. Like I don't want to be a doomsday prepper. Right. Um, but there was something that happened yesterday that just kind of, you know, that, that, that thing with the Australian government yesterday where they said, Big events shouldn't be happening kind of made me go, hmm, okay. And and then I saw something from the prime minister of our country saying, well, I'm still going to the football this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> As in like, you know, the, it comes into effect from Monday. So I'll still go to the And then I saw a, a, a tweet or something or a Facebook message from the AFL, which is the governing body of the Football Association, National Football League here, um, that said from this Saturday, like today onwards, uh, there'll be no supporters allowed at games, only players and umpires and officials. So oh, that's interesting. Uh, the prime minister will no longer be going to the football this weekend, <laughs> which <laughs> he had planned to do. So that kind of made me go, maybe we should get some things from the shops. So she went to the shops and she got um, just not like, she probably stocked up a little bit on like things like soup that just keep like tinned soup that just keep in the yeah, cupboard stuff fridges. that like will last you really, yeah. really long time because it takes so long well, to eat. Yeah, and will you? <laughs> yes, that and and pasta and stuff that we'll eat anyway. Like whether whether the shops stay open or not. Um, right. So, not trying to be doomsday preppers, but then she she went to the checkout and she had one packet of toilet paper because you know Australians are mad for toilet paper at the moment for some weird reason. <laughs> um, Same with and, Americans. And, and she had two packets of baby nappy liners because we use mm. reusable nappies that we wash in the washing machine. So the liners that go in there that you chuck in the toilet or whatever, or the bin. Nappies um, are the things that you take in the afternoon when you're tired? No, nappies are diapers. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, and they said, oh, you're only allowed one pack of those. And she's like, but I would normally buy two packs <laughs> just because we go through them quite quickly. So if right. I buy one pack, I'm back here in like three days. Um, <laughs> Or whatever it is, you know, like, but, uh, you know, they're just limiting so many things that you can. And she said, like, the shopkeeper, like, the um, cashier told her, like, basically, rice, pasta, like, there's a whole bunch of items, you know, toilet paper, all those kinds of things. They're limiting to one per person. And I'm just like, how how can they do that? Like, <laughs> they, they're already saying you can't go to public events. Now they're saying you can't buy what you want to buy from a shop. That just seems like a... um you know, infringement of freedom or something that maybe is going a little bit far. Yeah. We, uh, on Wednesday night, I was like, you know, I don't think that we're going to end up quarantined. Like that's a little crazy to me, but I just wouldn't be surprised if everybody else is freaking out and buying uh, over buying things. So mm-hmm. you should probably, cause uh, Sarah does grocery delivery and, yeah. uh, and I was like, you know, you should probably just, if you were planning to do grocery shopping on Monday, maybe just do it like tomorrow or Friday. 
uh, and she did it today and there were no grocery delivery slots available like today or tomorrow. So she ended up running to Costco and getting a bunch of stuff and there was still stuff there, but she had to go to two stores and it was, uh, kind of hectic, but it could have been a lot worse if we had waited until like Monday. Yep. And it's stupid. Cause like, I don't know. It makes sense to buy a little bit extra so that if you get sick and can't go out, like you don't have yeah, to. You've got some supplies. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're not but talking about needing to survive stuff. five weeks. We're talking about like, Oh, you know, maybe an extra week of groceries. Yeah. It's two weeks worth. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? Well, I thought that since hey everybody show. is talking about the Hey show, <laughs> is this a show? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> So far, it's been rambling, but now it's a show. As of, well, no, but as, that's as the as thing is it was the perfect transition until you called attention to it. Oh, we could sorry. have just used like a smooth, <laughs> slick, like like snot on a doorknob kind of. Speaking of coronavirus. <laughs> slick or snot or sticky. I guess it depends how long it's been there. But anyway. Well, yeah. And if the person who's to, to whom it belongs uh, has the coronavirus or not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's gross. And my wife stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we talking about? No, so uh, I got a call on Thursday, which by the way, was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, it was my pastor. He was asking me, hey, so do you have the equipment? My, my new pastor at the church that we're, we're going to. Uh, he's, do you have the equipment to uh, like live broadcast the service? Because we don't really want to cancel the service, but we were just realizing that we have a number of elderly people in our congregation who probably shouldn't come to church. And mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they can, that they can be there for that. Um, so so uh, would you be canceling? Would you be saying only the elderly people should come or the elderly people should stay home and, Basically that, that if you're, if you're at risk, you should stay home and live stream. But so if the elderly people don't have internet access or don't even know what live stream means, you just, yeah, they're not that elderly. Okay. (laughs) Just 60 plus. Yeah. It's yeah. Then that's, that's the rule. I mean, some of them are like in their seventies, but pretty much everybody, as far as I know, knows how to do that. Like knows how to click a link in their email. Yeah. Uh, Cause that was the other side was, I was trying to figure out the simplest way to do that. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, I determined is if your church has a Facebook page, which I think mm-hmm. probably most churches do. If your church has a Facebook page, if you live stream to that Facebook page and make mm-hmm. it a public live stream, you don't even need to have a Facebook account to get to it. Yeah. Uh, and so what you can do is just send an email out, you know, Friday or Saturday saying, Hey, here's the link to our page. Uh, and on Sunday morning, you'll get another email with a very specific link to the actual live oh, okay. stream, or you can just yep. get there from the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Sunday morning, you just, you know, you literally just pull out your iPhone, <laughs> pop it on a tripod yeah. and, yeah. uh, and live broadcast the feed or do you just service. use the built-in mic? We'll just use the built-in mic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I cool. mean, it's, it's loud enough. It's fine. You know? And if yeah. you have headphones on at home, like if you were trying to stream it to a, to a big echoey room, I'd want to be a lot more particular about this sort of thing. Um, yeah. but our church has a microphone, yeah. uh, for the pastor and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So he, here's a question for you because I know you're, um, now on, on the way to being officially Presbyterian, um, mm. or whatever, <laughs> pretty about as close as you can get. Um, and so you're keen on communion every week. Is that, do, do you do Lord, like Lord's Supper every week? No, I'm keen on doing or communion as often as you can while still properly fencing the tables. And for most churches, yeah, okay. given the pastors to people ratio, that's less than once a week. It might be in a, in a small church with two pastors. It might be every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but fencing the table is an important thing that the elders need to be able to do. And when you, when you have a congregation of 150 and one pastor, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So we, we do it monthly. The reason I ask is because our pastor got up last Sunday morning and just said, look, you know, we don't want to do this, but just in the short term, we won't be doing communion at our Sunday services for that reason, because it's just right. a little bit too risky to have people taking things from a common bowl of bread or whatever and sticking it in their mouth. Um, and, and we don't even use common cup. Like we have separate individual cups right. for everyone. Um, but even so they've just deemed that it's a little bit too, um, yeah, it carries a little bit too much risk at the moment. So I thought that was an interesting one. Cause I was like, you know, that's, um, for you at least, I, I would have thought you guys would be a little bit more 
uh, I don't know, rigid is the right word. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit more like, no, 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 this has to be part of, but this, if you're not doing it every week, um, then that's, there's kind of room there for a bit of movement anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be really interested to see what our elders do. If, I mean, so like it's been kind of interesting, uh, cause I'm, I'm still subscribed to the, uh, newsletter at, at my old church. Mm-hmm. And I got an email on Thursday. That's like, we're not changing anything. Some people have asked if we're going to not do communion, we're still going to do communion, but we would totally understand if you want to refaint. they do, they do communion every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, well today, uh, see, I'm, I'm getting, I, I don't know what day it is. I just kind of live in this ambiguous, uh, <laughs> anachronistic day <laughs> um, on the day. Yep. So Spokane, where I used to live, they just closed all their schools and mandatory required that if you have a gathering of 250 people, you cancel 250 wow. or more people. And yeah, so wow. it went from like, we're not, we're, yeah, we're still going to do communion to like, we legally can't really meet anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's full on, isn't it? Yeah. And, and so that raises a little bit of a question. I mean, this is, we're now into our main topic, right? Which is how do we, as churches respond to coronavirus in terms of, can we use using technology and appropriate means of getting around the fact that social gatherings are uh, not just difficult, but potentially dangerous or even against the law in some yeah, places. Yeah, hey, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, something that I've, you know, I guess the part of me goes, well, we are sort of a top priority, at least in like a loving other people sense is keeping people safe and, and loving people as you want to be loved. So you don't want to make anyone else sick. Um, so I've had a cold recently and I'm quite sure it's just a cold. Um, and, uh, it hasn't developed into anything else. And so I'm hoping and, um, that that doesn't, you know, nothing else comes out of it, but, um, I, I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable taking communion, for example, out of it, just because of the stigma, like of other people thinking, oh, if he's had a cold, I don't, you know, what if he's got right. that? I don't want to. And so um, certainly everyone wants to be um, careful about, you know, interactions with other people. People aren't shaking hands and stuff now. People are kind of like, you know, trying to be a little bit more socially dins- distanced, um, which I, I kind of, that makes perfect sense to me um, in one way. And in the other way, you know, Hebrews tells us not to give up meeting together. Now that's probably more so talking about not giving up meeting together in terms of like apathy or um, just kind of like, I'm a Christian, I'm good. You know, I don't need the church. I can do my own thing. Or like, there's probably other scenarios that it's more specifically speaking against than coronavirus. Right. Um, But I guess what I'm not sure of is in terms of theologically, what I'm still working through is like, does there come a point where because we are the church and the church is people, not a building, uh, we need to keep meeting together, uh, is, is the technology, you know, in between us, um, does there come a point where that stops being an effective sort of a biblical way of meeting together? Or is that a completely valid alternative? Because I know early on in Tech Reformation, we did, we did a, an episode on virtual reality baptisms. I'm pretty sure it was called something like that. Um, and we all, I think we all agreed like, no, you can't virtually baptize. Someone. Yeah. It's kind um, of interesting how this is like forcing the issue. Yeah. But, but then like, could you baptize, you know, if you were to baptize, if one person was to baptize one other person and it was live streamed on Facebook, does that count as the church being gathered for the baptism? Well, Probably like, well, it's going to have to now, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there are, we're now in a situation where, um, that is quite possibly the only solution for baptism in the short term. Or you just say, look, we'll baptize you when this all blows over. Um, or you just, which, or you just baptize them because you don't need witnesses. It's not like a wedding. True. True. Philip and um, the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cause so that's, maybe that's not the best example, but communion would be another one. Like there are, you know, there are certain things that it's nice to have people gathered for whether or not you have to, it's, it's, it's better to, it's, it's easier to care for other people as well when you can see them face to face and whatever than when you're over the end of a phone line sometimes. But, um, at the same time, probably that kind of care, like, you know, people are sick or whatever, taking their meals is a little bit less, is a little bit more difficult when they've potentially got a deadly disease, (laughs) deadly virus. I don't know. But then I read and I saw an article that was saying like, as Christians, because God is sovereign, this is sorry, this is like word vomit, but this is just, 
I was there's a lot of different voices right now. I understand. That's right. And I'm trying to draw together a whole bunch of different threads in which I have seen some merit in, in each of them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and this other article I saw, which may have been Gospel Coalition or Desiring God, I'm not sure, or it might have been something completely separate. Um, might have been that Discern website. Um, was saying, you know, as Christians, because we believe God is sovereign and therefore he's both in charge and in control of the situation, uh, that we should be moving towards sick people in love rather than um, running away from them as scared of cats, basically. basically. <laughs> uh, and so then I was, that was kind of like, I kind of felt like part of me was going, yeah, that that's true. You know, like we actually, ha- if we actually put our money where our mouth with, without where our mouth is and say we have nothing that's to very fear. dangerous by the way Bec- you don't know where that money's been yeah exactly money is one of the dirtiest things you can do so don't do that uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the dirtiest things you can touch sorry so don't do that um but you know like if, if we're sort of being real about the sovereignty of god then we can we should be able to you know be less than terrified about what's going on but at the same time you know, just because I believe in the sovereignty of God does not mean I'm going to walk across the road without looking for cars coming first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, like, there's this whole thing of, like, where when the rubber meets the road on God's sovereignty, how do you actually play out um, being responsible and looking after yourself and the people that you love uh, in terms of your family members and stuff like that, but also caring for uh, your brothers and sisters and and doing the right thing by them and looking to serve, um, you know, if you're healthy and someone's not looking to serve the sick and I don't know, it's, it's a complex, complex thing. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these questions are the ones that really should just be, that's why I said, like, I'm really interested to see what our elders end up doing. Like Mm -hmm. we have a congregation of about 85, maybe 90. Uh, and so chances are no matter what regulations go out, we're still going to be able to meet. Mm. Um, but the question obviously is, should we meet? Um, and then there's the question for the individual Christian, which I would feel a little more comfortable addressing on, on this kind of a show rather than telling pastors what they should and shouldn't do of course. Yeah, yeah. is just like, there are more factors for, should I go to church to consider than just, well, I'm a healthy, you know, 30 year old white guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine to go to church. You probably are, but do you have regular interest? Like, like, do you do, do your uh, grandparents live in in in-law quarters or do you have regular interactions with people who are at risk or are your children uh, potentially at risk? Like you do need to do a little bit of, I guess kind of like thinking a couple moves ahead. You, You know, you can't foresee everything. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you know that like, Oh, I'm going to go to church, which is going to raise my chance of getting infected, but I'll be fine. But like tomorrow I'm supposed to like help my grandmother move a bunch of boxes. Like, mm, like ideally what you do is reschedule with your grandmother till, you know, until Friday when you know, you'll be feeling better. Um, or, or or you won't be feeling better and then you have to cancel. Or just don't move boxes until coronavirus isn't a thing anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, and that's the thing about these bans on things. They seem to be banning non-essential uh, gatherings. Right. So like, at least in Australia, the, the directive was non-essential gatherings, which didn't apply to schools necessarily, although some schools are closing. Um, right. Particularly, I guess, if they've, you know, if they have a good reason to. Um, and, and some, and I think they said churches, so churches with large congregations that were suggesting should switch to multiple services and to therefore cut down the number of people at each service. Right. Um, like spread, spread out the numbers basically. Um, the other thing that plays into this is just the fact that like <laughs> all of these bands, you know, cancellations of things and you know, the NBA just, just suspending the season and bans on flights to Europe and all of this stuff that's happening. <laughs> it's not to keep people from getting sick necessarily. It's, largely to slow down the rate at which people get sick so yeah. that hospitals can keep up so that the people who are at risk can receive the care that they need. Yeah. It's flattening the curve. And that's why you're staying at home or you're not going to this or that thing is, mm-hmm. is an act of love for neighbor, like five chess moves down the road. Because if you yeah, yeah. went and you got sick and then you went to another thing and you got 18 people sick and then those 18 people sick, you know, like the, the rate at which this thing expands and grows is just crazy. And the only way to slow that down and make it so that hospitals don't have to literally triage where it's like, well, he's going to die anyway, so we can't treat him or he has mm. less chance. So we're going to treat this other guy. So mm. the, the only way to prevent that is to slow down the virus, which is what 
everybody's fairly desperately trying to do right now. And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already the case that in Italy, like they have this problem. They have the problem that the virus spread too quickly and now the hospitals are overrun. Yeah. So back to the technology. Yeah. Um, you had said, uh, something about, did you use the language of kind of like for the time being that like online church or what have you could replace church? Well, I mean, replace. I, I didn't say replace. No. Yeah, I, I was just, trying to remember I've, what language you use. That's why I, I can't remember either. But I think I was just. <laughs> well, my intention would be to say, it seems like if, if we're not like trying to do an act of civil disobedience and going like, no, Hebrews ten twenty five, we must meet, and so we're going to meet whether the government says we can or not. Like, <laughs> right. If we're sort of if we're erring on the side of caution and trying to show love for neighbor, like you said, um, a few chess moves ahead, <clears throat> then I would think that there quite could quite feasibly be a a period of time in which uh streaming church services in terms of streaming a you know a time of corporate worship and a sermon and um corporate prayer it would be possibly only done online which shouldn't it's so hard because I think I think then, you know, a lot of me sort of as I think through this wants to say, well, because the church is people and not a building and the service is, is a key part of what the church is and does, but that's not all the church is and does, you know what I mean? Like um, small groups during the week, like Bible study and stuff like that. I guess if everyone's Sorry, healthy, I'm, I'm a Presbyterian. What are those? Uh, so Sunday school that happens during the week. Um, no, that's Wait, did you say Sunday school happens during the week? Well, like, you know, Can Bible you say study that out loud again? <laughs> what is Sunday school in America is different to here, right? I don't know. It's, it's just like it a class that's offered on Sundays. That's why it's called Sunday school. Yeah. Okay. So that, so something like that or a Bible study, you know what a Bible study is, right? Yes. I, I kind of do. Yeah, cool. Okay. Didn't you go to a small group at your church with Jim? Yeah, I know, but I, I'm very quickly why, forgetting why, everything. Why are you me? doing this to me, David? <laughs> you're, you're doing what you do to him. I know. <laughs> It's to just him. Don't do it. This is this like trying to run a hurdle race where you are holding my legs to the ground and making me hit all the hurdles on the way? Like, just let me. You're the, the third so person to, to say that to me today. <laughs> that exact analogy, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, you. But you know what I'm saying. Like, I think those things maybe might become the face to face. Uh way that church is not church is done, but the the face-to-face interaction within the church might have to happen in those smaller groupings. Um, Maybe it's just a shared meal. Maybe it's not anything that you would say is counted to regulative principle or something. I don't know. (laughs) Like, um, you know, like maybe there are other things that we need to do to sort of keep fostering community in a time like this. But like if the government says no one can leave their homes for the next 14 days um, and they give you like say 24 or 48 hours to get supplies and then that's it, you're done. Right. Um, then that's all, I guess that's, that's possible to ha- that could happen. And if it did, then, um, you know, I think <laughs> I'm looking at coronavirus going because God is sovereign. I'm not, I personally don't think the world's going to end because of coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've had things like this in the past. They're not fun. Lots of people get sick. Lots of people die. Neither of those are, are good, happy things. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I do believe God is sovereign in control and therefore I have a level of um, calm about it. I'm, st- I'm concerned about it, but I'm not freaked out about it, if that makes sense. Right. And so I'm, I guess what I'm thinking at the moment is, is if it's like a, you know, six, eight, 10 month thing, 12 months maybe um, until sort of, you know, either lots of people have got it and got past it or they've <laughs> flattened the curve to the point where it's, co- it's, no longer pandemic and it's more of just like a manageable situation that is still going on in lots of countries, but the hospitals are all able to keep up and the rate of um, infection is, is a lot smaller than it is currently a lot slower than it is currently. Then if it's like that sort of a temporary thing when you don't know where that end point is. So if you don't know if it's just going to be three months, six months, nine months, 12 months down the track, then you go, it's kind of like, we feel like we're going, Oh no, how will we ever do church again? Like what if we could never go back to church? And I guess I'm not thinking of it that way. I'm, I'm thinking of it as in this, will, this probably will be at a period of time where you have to adjust the way we do things. 
It doesn't mean that's our preferred way of doing things or that's the best way of doing things, but it might be the necessary way of doing things in order to both keep meeting together in at least in some sense. And I think Facebook's great for that because while you're watching a live stream, you can be commenting, not that you would normally be commenting during a sermon <laughs> in church to the people alongside you, apart from those charismatic churches where everyone's, you know, it's just a stream of amen. The pastor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Amen. Preach. Yeah. Title. Word. Um, anyway, uh, but, but, you know, after church and stuff, you know, so after the live stream, leave the live stream going let people chat, let people have a conversation over the Facebook live thing. Um, there are ways you can do that uh, or have a Facebook messenger group or a Facebook group page group, um, which my previous church used to have that people would comment on during the week and ask for prayer and whatever needs to be done there. Um, so Facebook is probably going to be a bit of a lifesaver um, in this time period, but I am looking at it. Uh, and I'm hoping and, and I need to be praying that it's a um, it's a temporary time period. And so, therefore, it's just a matter of using the technology to best manage the situation so that we can do the thing of meeting together while also caring for people appropriately. Yeah. Do you get uh, snow ever? Uh, not where I live, no. Yeah. I mean, ever, as in like it's snowed maybe three or four times in my life on... Mount Lofty, which is like the highest <laughs> peak in, in the city I live in. So right. like there's randomly occasionally in a winter, there'll be like one day where the, there's snow on Mount Lofty, but yeah. Other parts of Australia, yes, just not here. Because I've just been thinking that like the the perfect analogy for churches here is that like, well, I mean, when you, when you have uh, a really bad winter and like, yeah. you know, not, six weeks in a row where there's just too much snow and too much ice to get mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. you end up canceling services. Like this happens from time to time. It's just that with the coronavirus, the danger is less, uh, it's less, well, first of all, it's less physical in the sense that like you don't have to wade through coronavirus. Like some people's cars <laughs> literally like will not pull out of their driveway. Uh, yeah. and, and and some people are too short to trudge through the snow. And in certain parts of the world, I'm sure this happens all the time um, that like churches well, just don't meet as often in the winter. And presumably actually just driving is more way more dangerous exactly. in snow than not in snow. Exactly. So every, well, and every corner you turn is a potential death trap. Yeah. And that's where as a, as a congregant, you're always kind of concerned. Like, so Spokane is actually the perfect example of this because we, I don't know that we've ever, I think we canceled church once, but it's because like, we're so used to the snow that we're just kind of used to it. But everybody mm-hmm. who lives on what's called the South Hill, which is mm-hmm. a hill in the South part I've of the city. I've heard you talk about that with Jim. Yeah. Like they just can't leave the South Hill. They just can't yeah. because if they do, like as soon as they start to descend that hill, <laughs> they will just crash into something Keep going. Yeah. There's just not a way for them to reasonably traverse that, that, I mean, I guess they could go around maybe somehow, but no, I mean, yeah. when it comes right down to it, like you have to, you have to descend at some point. It's just a question yeah. of the degree of slope. Um, and is so for a, the, is there a South park on the South Hill? Uh, are you making a South park reference? But it's not the South park. Right? I thought better of you. Well, I don't, I never watched South park. Oh, I don't either. I, okay. I, <laughs> I just wondered if that's where the South Park was set. No, I don't know. The South Hill. No, I don't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a um, silly show that I never watched. <laughs> so the analogy here is really pretty similar that like churches can decide whether or not they want to hold services based off of, I mean, this gets back to the thing of like, why are they saying no, no gatherings yeah, of 250 yeah. people? Yeah. Like the reason they're fundamentally doing that is because if you go to a gathering of 80 people, the most people you can get, infected is 80 and the government has decided that like the hospitals can support if you manage to get all 80 of those people sick and given the average percentage of those people who would be elderly the hospitals can support that but if you went to Mm -hmm. a gathering of 250 and got all of them sick then then we're in trouble so that's why they're that's essentially why they're doing that and churches choosing to meet anyway is actually kind of concerning to me like churches that are that large because it it just either it's ignorance, which is probably the case, or it's just a, a, an immense lack of uh, forethought. Um, and where was I going with all of this? 
If you don't no, know, I don't nobody know. Nobody would say when they're living on the South Hill and can't go to church, like, oh, I, I can go to church. I just do it online. Like the thing that we're talking about is that all of these, all of these solutions are fundamentally band-aids. They are, mm-hmm. they're, they're not actually, they're not actually real gatherings. They're not actually, I mean, we, you could argue that it's worship, but it's not corporate worship because it's literally like corp, corpus, corpse. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're supposed to be bodies um, yeah. and not, not dead ones from coronavirus. And so it's not corporate worship and we're commanded to do corporate worship, but we're also commanded to, to love our neighbor, to, to look out for our neighbor's health. And sometimes the latter does need to take priority. I don't consider this really any different than Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, this is a question we've all already answered before. Like, like a lot of yeah. churches have had to answer before where it's like, well, we're going to stream the service or we're just going to stream the preaching because all the songs are copyrighted. Unless you go to my church where we can just stream the songs because you know, they're not copyrighted. Um, mm-hmm. We're just going to do I'll that a question and, to ask you about Psalms in a minute, by the way, but we'll leave that for after show. We're just going to stream as much of the service as we can. And we're going to, um, we're going to hope that that's helpful to people. Like we're not helping them in the way that necessarily we were commanded, but there's nothing like, there's no reason that we can't like let you still hear preaching, even though you can't be here. Wait, 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 wait. We're uh, not helping them in the way we were commanded. Well, I mean, we're commanded Doesn't to do corporate worship. And we're not did? doing corporate worship. <laughs> this is different from worship. This is a different. See, I'm question. a little bit less. Well, I'm a lot less Presbyterian, so that's why I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit more relaxed about this stuff. I thought you would be taking a little bit of a harder line. I must be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with where you're sitting, 100. percent Like I'm actually completely with you. But I just had an. It was obviously my misconception, but I had an assumption that you would be saying something a little bit closer to. Well, within reason, we can do that. But really, like, you know, we need to be meeting together because we've been commanded to meet together. Yeah. I mean, the question of length does come up. Like if this is going to be a three month thing, which I I don't think that it is or three months or longer. Like I I think that a lot of churches who have smaller congregations should be uh, should basically be saying to their congregations, Hey, if you are at risk or, or constantly around people or frequently around people, unavoidably around people who are at risk, you shouldn't come. Like we are encouraging mm-hmm. you not to come. Here's, here's the sermon online. Here yep. is, you know, how to get in touch with your small group, whatever, you know, what, whatever they can provide to, to help with spiritual health um, in the meanwhile, but you shouldn't come. But then mm-hmm. if, if there are a, a number of healthy adults who can meet and can corporately worship, then they should meet just like if there's mm-hmm. an, a, you know, if the, if the church uh, in the middle of um in the middle of uh, snowy Spokane has, you know, 50 people that all live within walking distance and it snows like they'll still meet because they can, uh, as long as the pastor can get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that complicated to me. It seems like meet if you can, if you're, if you're, well, and another thing is if your church is massive, maybe you should look into ways to have smaller meetings on Sundays. If this does end up being a small, well, a long term thing plant other churches. Well, I, I do completely <laughs> agree with that. I mean, and not have a massive church in the first place, but honestly like 200 is, is kind of the size that a church might get to before it plants oh, yeah. in, in yeah. my, yeah. you know, if David were, were King of the church, yeah. I mean, Pope, yeah, I, I mean, um, I agree with King David of the church. who's not actually <laughs> King of anything. <laughs> so 200 could easily be regulated. And at that point, maybe what you well, do is you grab it depends. You grab your your teaching elders or the people in your, in your congregation whom you've authorized to teach, who hopefully are pastors, and you have them kind of split off. Okay, we're going to do one one hundred person gathering in the morning and one one hundred person gathering in the evening. Yeah. Same yeah. rules apply if you're sick or sorry if you're at risk or near people who are at risk. Like, don't don't come. Or if you're sick, don't come. Yes, but if you're sick you for crying well, out loud, if you, guys. If you're sick with coronavirus, do not come. <laughs> you know what you should do is get on a flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I think that's sensible and that's that's why I was saying earlier you know I'm, I'm looking at it as, as a temporary thing I don't know how long that temporal temporality temporal, temporal reality how, how long the temporary reality will last <laughs> um <laughs> that's not a word uh I don't know how long for how long this will be necessary but I think I think as long as it is temporary then uh, yeah, I'm completely on board. I think if it gets to like, if we're like 18 months, two years down the track <laughs> and the, and people are still saying, Oh no, you shouldn't have meetings. It's like, 
come on, by that stage, then surely there has to come a point where <clears throat> the church says we need to be together um, in some way and Facebook's maybe not the way to do it um, for forever. And so let's explore more how we can do this. But even so, like still care for the people around you. <laughs> Don't go um, if you are coughing up a lung with coronavirus. Like it is not going to be, <laughs> it is not going to be good for you actually to be in that situation. And it's not going to be good for the other people. So um, yeah, I, I'm hoping it's temporary. If it gets longer, I think we should revisit this conversation because maybe, you know, we'll have to rethink it. But yeah, I, I mean, stuff like this never lasts that long. I'm, I'm very doubtful that it'll be longer than like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, just because eventually That's it will spread to everybody. It's just a question of yeah. if it spreads so quickly that hospitals can deal with it. Well, I, th- I heard something that said that they were originally saying, maybe this was just for Australia. They were originally saying like the peak might happen in October, but they've brought that back to June. Really? Yeah. yeah that's not only, common quite, with this kind of thing. It's huh. quite like there's small numbers of cases. So the city I live in is like, I think it's 1.3 or 1.4 million people or something. Um, and there's maybe, I think there's been like un, around under 10, I think like seven or eight confirmed cases. Mm. Um so, you guys are a lot bigger and a lot more spread out. I guess I'm thinking of the U.S. too. Yeah, yeah. Well, a higher population density means faster spread, right? Eek. Um, New York has over 400 cases of coronavirus, for example. Yeah, people are like which, leaving New York. People are people are going full. Uh, what's that movie with uh, Matt Damon where he doesn't get kidnapped? Uh, Matt Damon not getting kidnapped. Uh, the Martian. No, sorry. Where where people don't need to come rescue him. <laughs> so not the the Bourne movies. <laughs> Good people, hunting. Oh, Matt Damon. I'm just naming all the Matt Damon movies I can think of. I know you are. There's one saving that I can Private think of that I don't even want to mention. Contagion. There oh, it is. Yeah, saving Private Ryan. Oh, Contagion. Okay, that seems more relevant than any of the ones I mentioned. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Although actually, uh, vi- vi- viraling out. Uh, that was the, I think the fourth born movie it was a central theme was like, you're on these, these meds, but you can, anyway, this doesn't matter. <laughs> so there've been 12, sorry, 12 confirmed coronavirus cases in the city I live in. Um, mm. yeah. So it's, it's lowish numbers at this stage, but this, yeah. So they're saying it'll increase, I guess, but they're, they're saying maybe towards the middle of the, like a couple of months, still two or three months, four months, whatever it is until, that actually takes full effect. So right. yeah, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Watch and wait. Yep. As yep. they say in disaster zones. Anyway, um, <coughs> the Slack is a great place. If your church is, if you are the tech person at your church and your church is like, Hey, how can we help people who can't come to church? Uh, you know, hear the sermon on Sunday morning and, and what have you. Uh, Slack is a great place to ask technical questions like that. Also a great place to weigh in with your thoughts on all of this. Unless you, were you, were you done, Craig? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, okay. It felt yeah. like we were coming to a natural end. So I thought I would smoothly transition into talking about Slack like we typically do. If we keep, if we keep talking about our smooth transitions, they're going to come a loss, a lot, across a lot less smooth. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't like say words about when we keep talking about our smooth transitions, it's going to be even less smooth. <laughs> you will. Yes. I'm struggling with talking today. It's a, it's a fine art that I'm not grasping. Uh, the <laughs> other thing I did want to say, just as you were talking about the slack there um, is, and and I want this to go intentionally after jump on the slack and keep discussing this. It's just a, a really obvious reminder that neither, neither David or I are pastors. Um, and so if you are really concerned about coronavirus, like if this is actually something that is causing fear and anxiety, or even if it's just causing real serious questions about how church is going to work for you, um, then, and this podcast um, isn't helpful to just, which is co- totally fine. Please talk to them uh, about this stuff and them not just listen your to elders. us. Yeah, them, your pastor, your pastor and elders uh, are the people that really... Um, we'll be able to speak more specifically to your situation. We're just, we've just been talking generally about what we think obviously about situation from two different parts of the world. So um, yeah, it, certainly it's a time when a lot of people are sort of in different states of mind about the issue. Um, and so if the issue is weighing heavily on your mind, then those are good people to talk to. Indeed. Uh, if you would like to be on the show, you can call the show by call. No, wait. <laughs> 
We what are we doing to believe you? Oh, if you would like to listen to other episodes of the Tech Reformation dating back weeks ago, you can go to techreformation2015.com. <laughs> I guess we should say something about this. We haven't been posting episodes because one of our hosts doesn't have internet. One of our hosts, Joe, has uh, left the show because he just doesn't really have the time to commit to it and a couple other minor reasons. Uh, and one of our hosts life. Well, two of our hosts, Craig and I, our lives are pretty crazy right now. Um, and I, I we even have one in the hopper. This is probably going to go out before that one because it's timely. Uh, and it mm-hmm. may actually help somebody next Sunday to hear the, the stuff about Facebook and how to set it up and all. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I might even try to put this out tomorrow, uh, Saturday, the 14th. Uh, but I haven't had a lot of time to edit episodes because I've been uh, training people at work and that's just taken up a lot of my time. Uh, mm-hmm. That would normally I normally I have uh, kind of mundane tasks that I can kind of edit during and it doesn't really diminish those tasks at all. I don't have those tasks anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I have to cram it into other time and I just haven't had a lot of other time. Fair enough. Cool. So that's the state of play for anyone who's wanting an update. I mean, I think people will just be happy to have an episode. Yeah. I mean, and we're looking at just giving to hear our voices again after so long. Yeah. And we are talking about how we can, (laughs) sorry, uh, everyone, (laughs) how we can see now. I'm just going to leave it in uh, just like that. (laughs) We are talking about how we can make the, make the show more consistent, which may may mean Mm -hmm. making it less often Uh, Mm -hmm. or more hosts. Or more hosts potentially, yeah, spread out. Uh, so we are we're, we're in talks about that. We realize that we just haven't had episodes lately, and that's. I mean, the Slack has been the Slack has been happening pretty decently, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, we haven't had a lot of time for episodes. And we would like there to be something that exists, even if it's monthly, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of helps spark conversation. Um, yeah. So we are we are in talks about that, and uh, probably when we hit episode two hundred, you will see a big big change. Mm. again <laughs> which we're getting pretty close to tech um, reformation is like doctor who it's like it comes in these it comes it comes <laughs> it, it, like it disappears for a little bit and then fire shoots out of its hands and face and then it's got a new body yeah i don't know if that was ever the intention but i, I mean I, I was just reflecting back on the fact that we started this mid 2015 like that's a long time ago that's five <laughs> my years my kids wow. have never have never known a time when i have not had a podcast to do wow. on Sunday mornings Apart from here, we haven't done it for weeks, but yeah, well, (laughs) I have a few of my own that I'd like to have someday. Yeah. (laughs) Five years is a long time. Hey, I've got a question for you before we go. And I'm anticipating this will be like five or 10 minutes, not another whole episode worth of discussion. So hopefully we can squeeze it in there. I've been listening to a podcast that I came across recently called Between the Lions, like the animal lions. Wasn't that a TV Um, show on public access? I have no idea. I don't even know what public access is because I'm Australian. Uh, <laughs> just like public TV. <laughs> yeah, public TV. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, no, this is by the guys at, uh, used to be called Clear Note Church. I think it's now called Trinity Church in Indiana. So the um, Sound of Sanity. Uh, the oh, booking, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're Presbyterian Church in Indiana. Uh, and they, Warhorn Media is what I should be saying. That's the umbrella brand for all their podcasts. Um, so they have, as part of their church, uh, a, like a, a band called My Soul Among Lions, which oh, has a goal I, of, I actually backed putting, this Kickstarter. Yeah, 150 psalms to music. For the listeners. Um, yeah, so they're, they're trying to do all 150 psalms for music. And this podcast is really interesting. It's, it's just what well, I'm finding it interesting. Um, as someone who's been, you know, who's played music in church and stuff for a long time. Um, and, and it also has some sympathy for the, you know, singing more Psalms. Certainly I'd like to, to see more of that happen, although, even though I'm not AP, um, which for those who don't know, the acronym is Extended um, Psalm play. Singing Only. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, we sing so straight through 119. <laughs> this, oh, wow. That's like a whole service in itself. This episode, um, sorry, these episodes are basically a couple, two or three of them talking about each song and how how they were put together, you know, like how, how the lyrics came about um, and then how they sort of matched it to the, or how they set it to the right music. Um, and if there were sort of difficult decisions they had to make along the way and then they play the song and they're all about 20 minutes or less so that it's not short, sharp and shiny. Um, 
what I found interesting is that I think, you know, they are trying, what they're doing, trying to do is really good. And I think they're doing a good job of it. If you like that sort of Americana folky sort of music, because it seems like nearly all of their songs so far that I've listened to have fit into that category. Um, yep. But what's interesting to me is they are Presbyterian. They seem really solid in a lot of, in a lot of ways, pretty much every way that I've come across theologically, I, I agree with them on uh, from what I can remember um, other than infant baptism. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, they seem like really solid dudes um, and I have a lot of faith in what they're doing as a church. I think they do a good job, but I was sort of thinking about you, David, in this thing, because they, it sounds like when they're doing their writing their Psalms to music, they don't just sing the exact same words of the Psalm. they, it sort of interpret the psalm or or lyricize it in a way that helps the song to be one that can be sung corporately or <laughs> one that is sticks in your head and therefore makes you reflect on it more or something you know something that's not just whatever the stanza is in the Bible word for word put to music. Um, do you is that like is that still something that you would see as valid or is that kind of stepping outside of because then like you're interpreting scripture it's like it's like the i don't want to say the message version of the song or the nlt <laughs> you know, yeah like but there's some kind of dynamic yeah um process happening there yeah i i'm sympathetic to to people who do it because well, first of all like it's just worth noting that if you just pick random psalms out of the psalter and have your congregation sing them and don't explain them at all like most people will have no idea what's going on because most people are dispensational by default um and so they're not going to hear jerusalem as the church they're not going to hear zion as yeah. the church they're not going to hear israel yeah. as the church like they're just not going to hear these things and they're going to think it's kind of weird that we're singing about this nation in the middle east um and mm-hmm. so i understand the desire to do that especially knowing like as a presbyterian church trying to do this as a ministry for churches who otherwise wouldn't sing the psalms mm. um and so I, I don't know where I stand on it. I think that like, ideally you'd be going to a church where you don't need that. Um, kind of like right. ideally you'd be going to a church where they don't need to preach out of the NIV because they're teaching enough to where they can preach out of something that's more literal and people won't get confused. Like um, the ESV. Well, it, that is more literal than the, than the NIV for sure. Uh, but yep. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna fight that fight today. <laughs> or the CSB. <laughs> Uh, I don't even, I don't even know what that is. I don't know why it exists. The Holman Christian standard Bible, it's optimal equivalence is their thing. So like they only sort of change the wording. If it, if it, like you said, like if it makes it make sense because it was an idiom that wouldn't have otherwise made sense or something like that. Yeah. I, I think the right way to do this honestly <clears throat> is to sing a relatively literal translation of the Psalms, just like you would preach out of a relatively literal translation and then mm-hmm. explain the Psalm before or after ideally before you sing it, it doesn't have to be a full sermon. It, uh, John Brown of Haddington has introductions to all of the Psalms, uh, that I (laughs) consider really, really helpful. It's like a paragraph introduction. Um, and if you're, if you don't have a worship leader, if you're, if you have a pastor who's leading worship, uh, it becomes really easy for him to just say, now we're going to sing this Psalm. Here's, you know, here's a little bit about it so that you understand what you're singing. Let's sing. And then you sing, uh, that's Mm -hmm. just, a lot easier. And the Scottish metrical translation, part of the problem here too, is that the people who translate the Psalms, like we're, our society is just sad today because pastors (laughs) don't know music. Like pastors did Mm -hmm. not need to go through a classical education like everybody else in order to get to where they are. Um, and pastors don't know Hebrew or Greek and the people who know Hebrew or Greek are on the furthest side from understanding music theory and, and all of that than Mm -hmm. the people who like could write songs. Uh, and that's kind of the beautiful thing about the Scottish metrical Psalter is that it was created by pastors in a time when it was required in order to be a pastor that you understood Hebrew and Greek. And it was required in order Mm -hmm. to be a person that you understand, uh, understood music. Um, and so in many ways they're, they've been, called a better translation than the Psalm than the KJV. Uh, but the problem yep. is that it's, it's hard to, it's not harder than the KJV to understand. And honestly, the KJV isn't that hard to understand, especially if someone explains it to you. Well, especially if you're living in like 1600s England. Well, yeah, then it made perfect sense. <laughs> 
Uh, and that's kind of why I'm lamenting is like, I wish that somebody would do that. But the problem is like, show me a guy who's like an expert in Hebrew and also understands music theory. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll be impressed. Like, I, I don't know that many. I, I think, I think Michael Brown is in both of those categories, but I don't think you'd probably agree with him on much else. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Michael Brown? I'm not calling him that. Uh, doc- this is a D- test. Dr. Michael Brown. <laughs> you don't know who Michael Brown is? No, he's, the, he's a, is that okay? Okay. So I think, I think he's, yeah, it's fine. I just was wondering if you were joking. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. I'm vaguely aware of him. I think he, he, he often, he's friends with Dr. White, but he debates, has also debated Dr. White. He's Armenian. Right. He's, he's unironically friends he, with Dr. James White. He's from a Jewish background, but he's Jesus believing Pentecostal now. Um, and he's a Hebrew scholar. Oh, he's I think. a Pentecostal. I think that's how it works. Okay. Oh, and he's got, he's he's, got he seems uh, like a really nice guy. And then, but then there's things about him that I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. Oh, you mean mm. like messianic <laughs> Judaism, Christian Zionism? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know how to read the old Testament. <clears throat> that's, that's another prerequisite to all of this. <laughs> uh, did you just look him up? Did you? Oh, and he's uh, the charismatic movement. So he doesn't know how to read the new Testament. Hey, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just, just a walking, oh talking flamethrower. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I'm sure. Anyway, I'm I don't sure feel like I've really answered the question and it's kind of because I don't really no, have an answer have. to the question. You said you didn't know where you stand or not, which is fair enough. Yeah. I, I actually haven't listened to a lot of it. I've, I've got the one Psalms one to 10 album. Um, and I plan on listening to that, uh, a little bit more frequently. I've had it for like a year and a half and forgot I even had it. Um, but I, I like what they're doing. And I also don't want to make people think that they like rewrite everything. Cause I don't know. I haven't listened to a lot of it. I think right. I know they do like courses. Like they, yeah. It seems like they try and be as faithful as they can, but then sometimes they take a little bit of license where they feel they need to. So I don't think they're trying to like, let's reimagine the Psalms and be right. like, you know, like the, um, like the message, <laughs> like let's amplify the Psalms. I don't think it's about that. I think it is about making sure the meaning comes through in a way that's helpful and accurate, uh, right. that kind of thing. And so, um, anyway, so uh, there are probably, all I'm saying is there are probably some where they're pretty darn close to what the text says. Sure. And then I think there are probably others where they go a little bit further to try and, um, modernize or whatever in terms of structure and wording. Anyway, it's just something for people to look at if they want to, but I, and, uh, I just wanted to ask you the question. At my church, we use the Crown and Covenant uh, Book of Psalms for singing, which is, I guess, somewhere between the ESV and the NIV of Psalters. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's decent. We, I mean, I don't have any any real issues with it. Uh, and what's cool is if you go on iTunes, uh, either Spotify or Apple Music, rather, uh, and you search for Crown and Covenant, they have like dozens of psalms on there that you can listen to a cappella, and a lot of them are to like hymn lyrics that you may already know or hymn tunes rather mm-hmm. that you may already know um and so that's yep. a really cool you uh tool for singing psalms that i didn't even realize existed until i started going to this church there you go you learned something already yes <laughs> all right well we will thanks for listening to tech reformation uh, hang on. No, this has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Eventually, next week. we will. We will see you again <laughs> eventually. <laughs> After the virus, this has been episode one ninety five. By the way. Oh wow! Yeah, congratulations on nearly two hundred episodes of Tech Reformation. Good job. I think you're anyway, mostly congratulating you because you you're the only one who's been who's been here the whole time. No, Tank's here. Well, he's not here. But yeah, he's... but he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Here. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>